Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm a liberty-loving, tyranny-hating lawyer based in your nation's capital. I have two goals, one, to keep you informed, and two, to be your spokesperson in Washington, D.C. Please subscribe below so you don't miss an episode and comment on what topics you would like me to cover next. I have a few things that percolated up this week that I wanted to share with you. First, you, we have been following very closely the General Michael Flynn persecution, and we had an unexpected result this week. He was denied the mandamus to the full D.C. appellate court, and he is going to continue to twist in the wind. And based on the judge's uh, calendar of how he's going to hear the continuation of this case against General Michael Flynn, it will stretch out past the election. And we speculated months ago that the judge in this case was hoping that Biden would be elected and that there would be a re-prosecution of General Flynn once the head of the Department of Justice changed. And that is a horrible, horrible and gross miscarriage of justice that someone's criminal uh, prosecution could center around who holds power on a partisan basis in Washington, D.C. And that is just disgusting and gross. And yet we are seeing this play out in real time. And people talk about Watergate and how that was such an important historical moment in American history. And yet I believe that this miscarriage against General Flynn is so much more damaging to our country, to the rule of law, to our system of justice. And it is sad that we are seeing this continued, uh, it's not only a miscarriage of justice against General Michael Flynn, but it also violates the separation of powers. The judge is not under our system of law able to become a prosecutor, to second guess the decisions of the Department of Justice, of the prosecutors, and yet not only is the judge doing it in this case, but we see that the appellate court is letting him do it. And the appellate court is full. It leans towards uh, justices who were nominated by Democrat presidents. And you've heard it said that there are no such thing as Obama judges and there are no such thing as Trump judges. And clearly that is not the case. So General Michael Flynn won the case, the mandamus, which was essentially telling the judge to let this man be in accordance with the rule of law and our separation of powers and our entire notion of justice. And that was a two to three vote by the three judge panel. And then the judge in the case did not accept that. And he uh, petitioned the entire appellate court to hear this case. And in that case, they found overwhelmingly against General Flynn and in favor of the judge in this case, the judge's position. So this is something we're sadly going to continue to follow for you. It is very noteworthy that this same appellate court heard a writ of mandamus by Hillary Clinton and her lawyers, and they came out exactly the other way. So I'm going to link down below to both of these decisions, the one that was against General Michael Flynn and, and against ending this political persecution of General Flynn 
And I'm also going to link to this appellate court decision finding in favor of Hillary Clinton. And I mean, if you need a, a more stark example of the difference between law for people who are Democrats and people who had the protection of the elite in Washington, D.C., there is no better example of it, I think, right now than the way that Hillary Clinton has been treated by this appellate court and the way General Michael Flynn has been treated by this appellate court. Secondly, I wanted to share with you breaking news that the jobs report has come in and it is excellent. Uh, the job creation by this economy, by the American economy, by the Trump administration and trying to reopen safely our economy has beaten expectations and there's a lot of celebration about it. We still have 8.4% unemployment, which is terrible and is showing that our economy is still affected by the Chinese Communist Party virus that was allowed to take over the world. And there was so much uh, held back information that could have protected the world. And yet the Chinese gov Communist government was unwilling to be a good citizen, a gro good global citizen, and we're still we're still seeing the effects of that with 8.4 unemployment, but we also saw 1.4 million jobs uh, added back and the fact that the employment rate has gone down shows that we are trending in the right direction. And not only that, we have the ability to continue to build on this. And we see the contrast between the Trump administration, which is driven driven to improve economic situation and the economic uh, circumstances for the American people in contrast to the Democrats plan, Joe Biden's plan, which is shut it down again and control and have more government bailouts when we don't have the economic infrastructure to uh, support that kind of government bailout in, on a continuing basis, which is what it seems that the Democrats want to push and what the Joe Biden campaign is pushing too. So that is excellent, excellent news. And then I wanna share with you this insane, crazy, absurd article that came out yesterday in the Atlantic. Let me share this with you now. So this is the article that has been the trending topic on Twitter. Everybody is talking about it. It's an article in the Atlantic magazine. And you can see from this tweet that it alleges that President Trump maligned our heroes who were buried in Europe and he refused to go see them, according to this article. And they, they quote President Trump. It's not uh, not in quotations. They're saying th these are words that came out of President Trump's mouth. President Trump, who never served in the military, canceled a 2018 visit to a cemetery where American troops are buried, saying, quote, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers, end quote. So I have several, several takeaways from this. First, I want to share with you this tweet from Byron York, highlighted by radio host Mark Simone, that says, even Trump enemy John Bolton says the Atlantic Magazine article is total fiction, meaning it's a garbage article. And Byron York has this, uh, this tweet showing the difference between what the Atlantic said that President Trump said about this American graveyard 
and what uh, Bolton said happened during that time. Now, you know that Michael, I'm sorry, that John Bolton is no fan of President Trump. He was opposed by President Trump once he got into the White House and he wrote a book, uh, essentially stabbing President Trump in the back. And you know that John Bolton has always been a hawk on foreign, uh, American foreign policies and wanting American military to be muscular in the world. And President Trump campaigned on just the opposite foreign policy. He wanted to bring the troops home. He didn't want Americans to be in endless wars. He thought the Iraq war, the second Iraq war was a mistake. And he had a foreign policy that was very different from that, what, that of which John Bolton had been advocating for so much time. So it is very interesting to me to take a few data points from this article in The Atlantic. First, I think it is total garbage. And I think the fact that John Bolton, who does not uh, approve of President Trump and wrote a book, uh, basically disavowing President Trump and criticizing President Trump, he says it's fake. That is a very interesting and I think noteworthy per part of evidence against what The Atlantic is alleging here. But I think what's really important is we are seeing a huge effort by corporate media to throw whatever they can at Donald Trump. They were unsuccessful at getting him to lose to Hillary Clinton in 2016. They were unsuccessful at helping bring down this president through the Russian collusion hoax, which they still try to pump out through their outlets, even though it has been totally and irrevocably discredited. They tried through the impeachment process with the Ukraine matter to try and get President Trump removed from office. They tried to get him removed from office by stoking all this interest in the 25th Amendment. And I think this Atlantic article is more evidence that the corporate media is trying whatever they can to throw their weight towards Joe Biden and his team being elected into the White House and whatever they can do to stop President Trump from getting another four years. And there's some interesting details about this. When you look at that Trump, when you look at that tweet about President Trump, it mentions that President Trump did not serve in the military. And I think this is a little detail that yet again proves how insanely biased the mainstream media is because did they ever say that about Barack Obama? Did they ever say that about other presidential candidates who happen to be Democrat instead of Republicans? No, they like to point that out. And I think that it is a full effort to try and sway not the Trump haters, not the solid leftists, not the Democrats who are firmly in the Democrat Party, but attacks like this on Donald Trump are targeted against his base. So he has a very strong connection with our military. He has spent so much effort and capital, political capital of his to rebuild the American military, which he wants to make sure is strong but he doesn't want to use it unless it is in favor of an American first foreign policy 
or it's a situation where we'll know we'll win, or it's a situation where we are defending American lives. And that has been a core part of his campaign in 2016, a core part of what his administration has tried to do, a core part of what his second term is promising to follow through on as well to create even more strength in this area. And so if you see an article like this one in The Atlantic, they are absolutely trying to pull away, to put question, to put question marks in the minds of people who support President Trump. And when you go and look at the allegations in the article, it is all designed to make uh, a wedge between President Trump and the military and President Trump and American voters who supported him in his first term or considering supporting him in response to all the chaos and the rioting and the insane increase of violence and criminality that we're seeing in Democrat-controlled cities right now. And it is an effort to try and pull those voters away. Maybe not so that they would actually go out and vote for Joe Biden, but so that they wouldn't show up and vote for Donald Trump. Because a lot of politics is getting out the vote from your supporters to get them enthused and energetic about making sure that they vote. And so even if you can't get certain American voters to vote for your preferred candidate, which in the corporate media's uh, situation is Joe Biden and the Democrats, if you can encourage more people who would otherwise have voted for Donald Trump to stay out of the election, then you are succeeding at your goal as well. So I want to share with you the reasons why I believe that despite this unceasing effort by the deep state, by the swamp, by corporate mainstream media to torpedo Donald Trump's campaign, I believe that he will win in November and he will get another four years. He will continue to contend with these attacks that are designed to bring him down, to get him impeached, to get him removed from office, to try and prosecute him, to try and throw his family in jail. But I believe that Donald Trump is gonna win this election. And I think if you cut through all the polls, there's a lot of discussion now how there's the shy voter. And there's been so much intimidation of people who not only uh, support Donald Trump, but those who might even like uh, some of the uh, political messages that are out there right now, but they don't want to be forced to make pu public proclamations of that. So you end up having these shy voters, people who don't respond with the accurate information of what they're planning to do to pollsters because they see all the intimidation that's going on. So that's one reason why I don't think the polls are reflective of where the, the presidential race stands right now. And remember that in 2016, the mainstream media gave Hillary Clinton a 97% chance of beating Donald Trump, 97%. And yet Donald Trump was able to, uh, to claim victory in that election. I predicted at that time, I was being interviewed by Turkish TV on election night 2016, and I predicted that President Trump would win, candidate Donald Trump would win, and I outlined all the reasons about his policies, why I thought that was true. 
And I think that now his candidacy is even stronger because he has the track record. Donald Trump had never been in office before. He didn't have a track record that you could look at and see if he lived up to his word. And people doubted that he was actually going to be able to put all of these job creation policies, tax relief, foreign policy issues. They doubted that he was going to be able to do that. And yet he's been able to do so many of those things even more effectively than prior Republican presidents. He was outside of the swamp. He mostly self-funded his campaign at the beginning. He said he wasn't beholden to corporate interests. He wasn't beholden to the party. He wasn't even beholden to the Republican Party. He had to fight the Republican Party to get up there on the stage, and he had to essentially really fight to get the nomination. And he campaigned to gain the trust of America's fallen, forgotten man and forgotten woman. He promised to drain the swamp. And this was after eight years of the Obama administration's full-on assault on the Constitution, on the economy, on basic things that we as Americans take for granted. And President Trump was able to reverse a lot of the damage that was done during the eight years of the Obama-Biden administration. And you might remember there was a really interesting piece written around the time of the 2016 election called the Flight 93 election. And the author of it was anonymous, but it's since been revealed that it was Michael Anton. And he said that essentially the 2016 election was a charge the cockpit or you die election. And to quote from his article, a Hillary Clinton presidency is Russian roulette with a semi-auto. With Trump, at least you can spin the cylinder and take your chances. So we had Hillary Clinton talking about how awful America would be for women under President Trump. And yet we've seen just the opposite. Women before the Chinese Communist Party virus shut down the economy, women were making gains in the American economy like they had not in recent recorded history. And we saw President Trump instead of denigrating women, he elevated women to some of the very top positions in his administration. And you would think that the mainstream media and the left would celebrate President Trump for giving women such prominent positions of power in his administration. And no, that's not the case. Instead, they completely attack Melania Trump, Ivanka Trump, Kaylee McEnany, and Kellyanne Conway, for example. I would say they pretty much drove her out of the White House by giving so much uh, airtime to criticizing her and trying to tear her down rather than build her up for being such a successful woman at such a high level of our uh, one branch of our government. So... President Trump didn't get any credit for that, but people with eyes can see how good the Trump administration have been, how good it's been for women and how he has elevated women to significant positions in his uh, administration. And we also saw that President Trump has been able to move the Middle East towards peace instead of towards more war. He was able to move the, the embassy, the U.S. embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, uh, coming through with this promise that has been made by many presidents before him, but they never took the bold action to do that. He took out 
a chief architect of uh, terrorism from Iran. He canceled the nuclear Iran deal and he was able to broker a historic peace agreement between the UAE and Israel. So instead of all of the hysterical wailing that a Trump administration would lead to more warfare, particularly in the Middle East, we've seen just the opposite happen. We also have seen that President Trump wasn't just making campaign promises when he talked about resetting our relationships with our NATO allies. He saw that Americans were being taken advantage of in NATO. He wanted the NATO allies to pay up, to contribute more, which is not only important for an economic reason, but also if you're paying more to an alliance, you are more committed to that alliance. And then you have to criticize it a little bit less because you, you have more skin in the game. So there were good reasons to move forward on that. And President Trump has certainly delivered on that. He's also been able to cut a tremendous amount of regulatory red tape, which is excellent for the economy, which creates more liberty for the American people. And it takes away the power of bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. to dictate to us how we should live our lives. So it's good for economic reasons. It's good for uh, the way that we want to order our government and it creates more liberty. So that's something President Trump promised and he followed through on. We've also seen great success in nomination and confirmation of judges. He's worked very hard with Mitch McConnell to put up excellent, fair, independent judges who are faithful to the Constitution. He's put in two Supreme Court justices who are stellar, and he continues to make progress on making sure that the federal bench has judges who are going to honor the rule of law. And there's no better example of that, as I shared at the beginning of this episode, seeing what's happening at the D.C. appellate court, that they give a pass to Hillary Clinton and they continue to persecute General Michael Flynn. So judges matter. And President Trump has delivered, I would say, in an even better fashion than prior Republican presidents have delivered on the uh, promise of appointing fair, independent judges who are faithful to the Constitution and want to uphold the rule of law. So, you know, we, we've kind of forgotten the tax situation because of the coronavirus, but Trump, candidate Trump, said that he was going to improve our tax system, and he delivered on that. He, he uh, changed the laws so that companies are no longer incentivized as, as much to take their business overseas, and instead, they were incentivized by, by the change in the tax policy under the Trump administration to repatriate back into the United States, which helps our economy, and it's uh, part of the whole package of economic growth that the Trump administration promised and delivered. And we have, uh, pre we have President Trump's second term agenda that he has put out there. And we know, the American voters know now, that President Trump is going to be active. I think the man barely sleeps. He is always thinking about what he can do to help Americans and I think the, just to wrap this all up, this is a vitally, vitally important election. 
and you're going to continue to see hit pieces like this one from the Atlantic where they're digging back to 2018 to try and peel away a core base of President Trump, people who love the military, who support the military, who think that anyone who volunteers to be in the military to give their life on behalf of the American ideals of liberty and justice for all and to protect their communities and their uh, country, their fellow countrymen these are the people that are the best among our country. And President Trump promised that he was not going to go entangle us in any more uh, foreign adventures or wars that were not in line with our, uh, our best interests as Americans. And he has fulfilled that. And I think that we're going to continue to see these efforts to try and peel away parts of his base. But I think because of this shy voter issue that people have seen this because the press has turned themselves upside down and lost all claims to objectivity as we've discussed in prior episodes. And so now they're like the boy who cried wolf. No one, no one believes them. But in this case, there is no wolf. And instead, they're trying to make a wolf out of someone who not only has the best policies for Americans, but he's actually delivering on the policies. They're not just ideas, but they're actions. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please subscribe below so you don't miss an episode and comment on what you think about this Atlantic article and will it be successful to peel off voters or make them stay home who support the military and will they be convinced that President Trump uttered these despicable words? Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.